morning everybody welcome back to the old history project the old history podcast where the goal is to just talk about history all right so let me adjust my microphone sorry that there wasn't a podcast last weekend i was just too busy uh, some stuff going on with work and i just never got around to it all right so since the last podcast I did win an award for community history from the East Tennessee Historical Society, which everybody knows I get around a little bit outside of Hamlin County. I cover a pretty broad spectrum of areas, so thanks to everybody for helping to make that happen. So, in other news, uh, also uh, that weekend, I went out to Hayslope and helped Miss Wild Moon uh, clean up a little bit. And then I started work on a new series of videos that's going to stretch out over time. I'm going to cover the whole entire process of the restoration at Hayslope start to finish. And I've already got two videos down, but this is going to be a very, very long process. So we're now to the point uh, where the volunteer help is almost not needed save for a few things and then we're about to get into the professional help like the preservationists you know trying to uncover what of the original structure of the house is left so anyway in the video in the second video it's a uh, part two it's under a series of videos called the red door the red door tavern and at the end of the video i did interview miss wild moon you guys would like to see that it is on the YouTube channel so all right so as you know uh, anchor has suspended my ads for some reason I don't know why so if you'd like to support this project you can do so here also on anchor uh, it's 99 cents a month to subscribe to the podcast but it is not required so with all that being said let's jump uh, dive right into the podcast. So today's podcast is going to be over the Newmarket train wreck of 1904. Uh, something I'm pretty sure most people have heard of, but I haven't even really read much about it up until here recently. Alright, so this is taken from uh, rootsweb.com, their Jefferson County site, and they sourced it from the Library of Congress. I think they got it out of a web, uh, a newspaper article, maybe archived. All right, so I always love trains and stuff like that, so this is really cool. The Newmarket train wreck happened when two Southern Railway passenger trains were traveling at a great speed, collided head-on near Newmarket, Tennessee, on Saturday, September 24, 1904, killing at least 56 passengers and crew and injuring at least 106. The trains concerned were the number 15 westbound local passenger from Bristol to Knoxville, with three cars carrying 140 passengers, and the number 12 eastbound uh, Carolina Special from Chattanooga to Salisbury, uh, North Carolina. The line was a single track, and the normal procedure was to allow the trains to pass, was for the local train stop 
on a sidetrack at Hodgeswitch, but when the engineer stopped at Morristown, he was given special orders to stop in a siding at Newmarket instead. Both the conductor and the engineer signed that they had read the order, but later the conductor told a reporter that he had misread it. After stopping at Newmarket, the train should have stopped after a few hundred yards on the sidetrack, but it didn't. Meanwhile, the Carolina Special had reached Strawberry Plains, and it comprised of nine cars, two mail cars, three wooden passenger coaches, and four steel Pullman cars. And many of its 210 passengers were returning from the St. Louis World's Fair. As it drew out of the station, a telegraph arrived from Newmarket from horrified depot staff. It read, Number 15 has run the switch and is on the main line, but it was too late. Despite waving arms and throwing stones at it, no one aboard the special noticed as the train gathered speed. There was one last chance to warn the trains. A telegraph was sent to Hodges Switch, the normal passing place, but no one was on duty and the message was never received. The trains met at Newmarket Hill at 10.18 a.m. and the special managed to gather speed on the upgrade and was traveling at 60 miles an hour. The local downgrade was trying to make make up lost time and attain 70 miles an hour. When they saw each other, the emergency brakes were applied, but the trains uh, collided at a combined speed of over 100 miles an hour, through a contemporary, though a contemporary source says 70, but the crash could be heard up to 15 miles away. Both engineers were killed, the locomotive and coal, coal tender of the train were catapulted into the air, turning upside down. They flew over the specials engine tender and baggage cars, landing squarely on top of the wooden passenger cars, which were also struck from behind by the way to the sturdy steel Pullman cars, which remained relatively undamaged. In seven seconds, the wooden coaches were crushed like eggshells. Death was quick for most, with many of the victims uh, being mangled. Leaving some part of that out here, so I know I have kids that listen to this. Splintered timbers, iron and steel were piled in chaotic masses over the rails, uh, which were littered with uh, bodies everywhere. When news of the crash reached Knoxville, a relief train was organized to bring doctors and medical supplies to the site and take the injured to Knoxville General Hospital. Reporters also managed to board the train, and many photographs of the scene were made. Estimates as to the death toll vary from 56 to, with 106 injured to 113 dead. The inquiry could not determine why the engineer and fireman on the number 15 had not stopped at the sidetrack on Newmarket, as both were killed in the collision. The engineer may have even been asleep. And, and here then it gets on into uh, what the newspaper actually says. And I'll go ahead and quote here. Terrible loss of life as a result of wreck near Newmarket, Tennessee. Second coach plowed its way into a bank in such a manner that the other cars were jammed into it. The death list as a result of the fearful wreck on the Southern Railroad near Newmarket Sunday. The death list has grown to 62 on Saturday and will probably exceed 70 before Tuesday, as many of the injured were in a serious condition and more deaths will occur at the hospital. There were six deaths at that institution Sunday, with at least one occurring at 8 o'clock. 
and then it has a list of uh, all the people that were uh, aboard the train that were injured one of them I'm reading here is uh, Miss Laura Hill and I'm pretty sure that's the uh, one of the first few teachers that taught at Morristown College and that's really cool to see So it continues on. A force of 150 men told all day long at the scene of the wreck. Before 2 o'clock Sunday morning, the track was clear enough for through trains, but it required many hours to clear the debris. Engineers Parrott and Kane were found beneath their engines, but their bodies were too badly crushed. There were small fragments of bodies found on Sunday, but it is thought that they belonged to bodies that were already found and brought to the city. A baby was found by one of the wreckers, but that was all. The cause of this terrible loss of life in the heavy eastbound train was explained in, uh, in the Sunday paper. It seems that the second coach plowed its way into a bank in such a manner that the other cars were jammed into it, and pushed by the weight of the heavy Pullmans that were crushed like eggshells. Physicians at the hospital state that of the long list of injured which they have in their care it is probable that not more than four will die the complete list of injured as given by the railroad officials shows a total of 162 but this has included all persons who were only slightly hurt or scratched and so that's the end of that um, something else I'd like to touch on uh, there's a common story uh, drop my phone common story uh, that me and a couple of my friends uh, know there was a guy actually went out there to the field where the train crash happened uh, and he was digging around and actually found a conductor's watch a damaged conductor's watch from that wreck uh, and I believe I've read in a magazine or something along those lines that he actually ended up selling that watch for I think uh, six figures, you know, in, in the hundred grand range. I can't find it anymore, but because that's been a long time ago when he found it. I think it was in the 90s or early 2000s. So, but nonetheless, uh, I've found in other newspapers where it says that uh, there were train cars launched all over the place, all over the town. They found, they said that they found coal in Morristown and stuff like that. So it's really cool to read. All right, so unfortunately the podcasts are shorter because there's no ads. I do apologize, but I'll work to make them longer, cover longer subjects. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time.